we're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Daniel Harmon, Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers and your host. And my guest today is Matthew Brian Brown. Welcome, Matt. Howdy, howdy. Thank you, you for having me, Matt, Dan. As yeah, to, Matthew, okay. Matt, doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, Some cool. people call me other things. Okay. I will accept my real name. <laughs> he has a YouTube channel, the same name, Matthew Brian Brown. Brian with a B-R-I-A-N. Correct, but right. I am Southern and I always grew up with it being Bron. Oh. So I like to explain it like that. So it sounds like I'm saying Brown Brown. <laughs> it's Brian Brown. <laughs> Very uh, good. What part of the South? I grew up in North Alabama, so super small town uh, where Helen Keller was born, actually. So Tuscumbia, Alabama. I uh, kind of grew up around the Tri-City, so Muscle Shoals. There's a documentary on it on Netflix. Oh, wow. So, yeah, music, everything else, and always being told, like, well, Helen Keller did it, so why can't you? <laughs> and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> well, that made it all the way over to Idaho, so <laughs> that's where I grew up. My mom told me the same thing. Well, just imagine what Helen Keller did. Imagine you if you were, were blind. <laughs> and you're right. like, oh, well, technically, <laughs> technically. <laughs> okay. Very cool. So um, just a little bit of interesting tidbits on Matt. Um, you kind of got your start on MySpace clear back at age 16. Yeah. A little following there. Uh, so before I went on to YouTube, I had about 30,000 followers on MySpace. Yeah. And I remember getting on YouTube and just kind of being like, wow, this is like MySpace, but for video. Like, okay, this is really, really cool. I use my MySpace to promote my YouTube channel. Yeah. So back when you could do the little MySpace blogs, I was constantly just like, hey, new video, new video. And then eventually my YouTube kind of blew up. I ended up getting featured. Yeah. The whole uh, featured video, it was called Click Subscribe. And uh, it was a song. I did a song about click subscribe. And if you don't, I might hurt myself. <laughs> oh all right. Gosh. So it was all emo. And I had my hair all down. And I, you know, you were watching some of my videos, <laughs> but you failed to see how cool I can be. <laughs> oh, yeah. 300,000 views later on that pretty much overnight. I was like, oh, cool. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Blew up there. And then, um, you you're on your channel you do some different like um product reviews and things like that yes, right? yes totally so my prominent channel that kind of brought me into the whole youtube spotlight was swift karate chop yeah so i grew up being called swifty it became my whole nickname on there i had a series called ask swifty Ask swifty was stand-up comedy yeah. And so I just answered any question you asked, no matter how weird or awkward it was. And trust me, there was plenty of them that I was like, oh, why would you ask me that? Oh, my goodness. But I tried to answer it. Um, in the process of doing that, I sort of went through that whole phase of like, what do I like as a creator? And yeah. kind of transitioned more into products and technology and gadgets, electronics. So this whole vibe of just being there and just telling jokes and doing stand-up comedy transitioned into what do I like to watch? Let me produce that kind of content. Yeah. So that's where I'm at now. Very cool. Even clear back in those days, like you even did a collaboration with Aura Brush, right? Yes, back yes. With, uh -huh. the, with the Morgan, the Dirty Tongue. Which was too funny. So <laughs> we were just talking about this. Uh, we went out on a boat trip and we brought Dave in his uh, tongue costume. Dave was the actor behind the, in the tongue costume. Correct, mm -hmm. correct. Yes. So Dave's there and he's all tonged up and he's got a little bandana <laughs> on, a giant bandana because he's a giant tongue. So he's just... Playing well, a pirate, right? Yes, pirate. Yeah. Uh -huh. So he's all decked out and then we realized like, oh, he doesn't do well on boats. So he was getting <laughs> like seasick. And so that did make it into the video. 
video. Yeah. So uh, totally threw up. Post effects, uh, not real, real, real throwing up. Yeah. Uh, wonderful though. We all had a good time. We all got sunburned. You know, yeah. <laughs> worth it. Worth it. Yeah, but you're very well connected within the YouTube community. Yes, you have a lot of friends and stuff. I was top 100 YouTuber for three years. I believe it was 2009 to 2012. Uh, through that process, though, just like growth, learning, um, transitioning and learning new things. Do I want to be a creator? Do I want to be behind the scenes? Do I want to do both? I have ADHD, so I chose both. <laughs> there you go. Very cool. So um, the the theme of the podcast is from poop to gold. Mm-hmm. And we're always looking for those stories from your life or your career where you've taken a really crappy situation mm-hmm. and turned it into something positive. Wow. What would that be for you? Oh, goodness. Okay. So through my whole transitional period of YouTube, I kind of reached this plateau where I was doing humor that I really didn't agree with, right? Um, kind of like that whole response to like, you know, what what am I doing with my voice? Am I doing something positive with it? And I was telling raunchy jokes. And though it made people happy, I wasn't happy with the content I was making. So I began to kind of transition out of that into telling a little more serious comedy here and there, throwing stuff in. And I kind of took a step back from Maker Studios, ended up joining a couple other networks. But in the process, my channel went through a filter, a whole filtering thing, because I made raunchy content. So I was protected by being in really big networks. As I left those networks and began to pursue my own, you know, creative ideas, I sort of found myself getting flagged more and getting more issues and kind of getting almost blacklisted and shadow banned at times. So I went through this whole process of having my channel get hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views of video and then uploading one day and having 70,000, uploading the next day and having 30,000. And the theme of my content not really changing so much as me just changing maybe one joke out of 20. So it was like, okay, I can tell something's going on. And I found myself in a situation where I ended up having to work at Kmart. So I was putting dog food on shelves at Kmart. I was working as a marketing director, had my own office. I was with the guy who invented the Swiffer technology and uh, he invented evaporative snow. So that was a huge process of being putting food on dog shelves, being a marketing director Then going home from that and being an ad builder. So I worked for an ad agency and all I built was Google AdWords ads. And then I was doing YouTube. I was still doing YouTube through this whole time. So 70 hours a week minimum of just grinding and grinding. And I found myself in a situation where I had almost foolishly spent money on things that I probably shouldn't have. I think I spent like 30 grand on food one year. And I was like treating my friends. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, it's been a good year. Let me buy you stuff. Let's do stuff. And then realizing, oh, YouTube for me at that time, this might not be the place to go. And I was in a situation where I struggled uh, really, really hard. And I filed a bankruptcy and I'm filing bankruptcy. Uh, as many people as I met, if you filed bankruptcy, I'm sure you're like, oh, it was wonderful. If you've never filed bankruptcy, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to hear that. For me, it was exactly like I just said. Everyone I met, they're like, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm like, it was the best thing ever. I remember laying in bed at night and kind of being like, oh my God, like I'm going to have to do this another two years where I'm working three jobs and doing all these different things just to feel like I can make ends meet. And I don't know what's going to happen with YouTube and I believe in it. But uh. so I filed a bankruptcy. And when I did, I ended up quitting two of the jobs and I transitioned more into helping YouTubers. 
So I had friends that had animation studios and they did all kinds of animated YouTube videos and I knew ads. I knew how to build Facebook ads and Instagram ads. I knew AdWords. I knew all this stuff. So I started helping them. So I would promote their parody videos and target other parody videos and show their content and help them go viral. So that whole process was learning more about what I did for myself, but starting to teach other people how to do it and doing it for them. That right there changed my whole mentality. Uh, Since then, I've been introduced to multiple billionaires. I've helped them and their children grow their YouTube channels. I worked for one of the largest Russian telecommunication uh, companies in the world, Mail.ru. My whole job was managing influencers. So as an influencer, that feeling you get when like your favorite company reaches out to you and they're like, hey, we want to work with you. I kind of became that brand where I was reaching out to hundreds of influencers and saying, I represent this company. I represent this brand. I would love to work with you, give you a collector's edition of this video game, pay you to make videos about it. It was a totally different feeling. I was able to empower other creators. I was able to teach them when they said things like, well, I charge this much. I was able to compare them and show them, well, Shane Dawson has a $70 CPM. You're asking me for a $300 CPM. He's like top 100, you're top 25,000. And for our viewers that so, don't know, CPM. Is uh, how much money you would make per million views, essentially. Not yeah. million, thousand, sorry. Per thousand. Yes, yes correct. So a $3 CPM is every thousand views is $3. Uh, a million views would be three grand. So that's been a transition, by the way. When mm-hmm. I was top 100 YouTuber, you had like a 75 cent CPM. Yeah. Not even a joke. So people were like, wow, millions of views. You're doing so well. And you're like, ha, ha. Or like that meme, ha, 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 <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that was fascinating to see all that change and just be a part of it. Just be a part of it wholeheartedly where I was an influencer, but I was also a brand and knowing how to transverse that landscape. So awesome. without that failure, without that poop, yeah, I would have never known the gold side of it. There you go. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very good story. So along those lines, big vision, you've obviously had to you know, transition mm-hmm. as the technology is transitioned. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for people that are trying to kind of see those trends coming down the way? Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's a lot of hesitancy to resist the change, mm-hmm. you know, yes, of course. Um, or, or to not just want to necessarily move on to the next thing and experiment mm-hmm. with other stuff. What, can you, can you, do you see where I'm going with this? I do, can you I talk do. about this a little bit of like, yes. how, how, how do you survive as particularly in content creation mm-hmm. and in marketing when it literally never stays the same from day to day? Well, for me, it's great. I have ADHD, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that everyone should have ADHD. It's like, <laughs> You're like let's start with that. Let's first off, get, get, get ADHD. ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> um, not so much. I really think it's just, there's always going to be a fear factor. I think that's one thing you just have to recognize about this industry is like fear factor. That's normal. But in the wild, having fear sometimes protects you from being annihilated by a predator. Right. So you learn to kind of see what that fear is that you're having and then make use of it. You just learn from it like, oh, all right. I see YouTube's demonetizing people. Maybe I should think about fixing my content so I don't get demonetized. I went through that myself. So paying attention so for those that don't know, demonetize means if you're making money off of your mm-hmm. off of your YouTube channel, yes sir, um, then YouTube would have potentially just turned off yes. your ability to make money from a p- particular video 
um, or even your channel if, yes, if your all the content channel. wasn't if they didn't feel like it was kosher. Correct. Right? Yes. Correct. I mean, you only get so many flags, and all of a sudden you strike out, and they're like, "All right, the channel is demonetized altogether, yep. or they ban you, block you, everything else, put yep. you on a temp, whatever." It happens. So just being aware of the changes that are happening, you know, the trending kind of things that are happening, the landscape itself, but also don't be afraid to try new things. I think that's really important. And by new things, I mean, embrace yourself. What do you think is cool? What do you think is fun? If people hadn't have done this, we would have never had ASMR. Now you have ASMR videos where people are literally give, just... Give, give our viewers a oh definition goodness. on that. ASMR, what does it break down to? It's like audio sense, like, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> really, what it is... What it is, means is... Yes, so what it is is a form of high-quality audio recording, and then the viewer, they put in earbuds, and they listen to this quality recording. It's typically like role play, so they do things like, Hi, today I'm going to cut your hair. And you have these earbuds in, you're just like, oh, whoa, you're cutting my hair. Oh, my God. So imagine that if people had never even thought about doing that because they didn't see it. It yeah. didn't exist on YouTube. So right. what, what was the whole motivation? There was no motivation. It was just someone deciding that, hey, I'm going to make this kind of content. And then they did. Now it's its own theme. It's its own category. It gets millions and millions and millions of views. Uh, Brands-wise and sponsorship-wise, microphone companies, camera companies, all kinds of stuff. There's a head that has microphones built into the ears. So it's a styrofoam head with microphones in the ears, and they literally do things like rub the ears with feathers and put shaving cream on the ears. Oh, my God. So it's interesting. It is really Please weird. check it out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Very cool. Okay, so not being afraid to experiment. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so for for someone that's wanting to jump into this, let's say they want to become a YouTube creator, mm -hmm. have their own YouTube channel, what kind of a workload can they expect to mm -hmm. maintain mm -hmm. in order to be successful with this? What does that work week look like? I think one of the big things is finding your niche or niche. Um, I like to say both words. Mm -hmm. I'm from Alabama. Works I, for me. I accept both. Yes, there you go. <laughs> so finding what works for you in that category and then also preparing your audience for what you want to do. So there are plenty and plenty of channels that literally, they just upload once a month. Some of them do once a week. There are people like PewDiePie. So when PewDiePie started, I believe he is the number one person right now on YouTube. I think so still. Yes. Right, yeah. um, as for a human being influencer, I believe he's the number one. The rest are brands and companies. <laughs> uh, but when he first started, I believe he was doing three videos a day. So three videos a day, you know, like that's a grind. I've been there before where I've done three to five videos a day, depending, because I would do three video game videos, one vlog, and then one dedicated like normal video that I would typically do, like a sketch or a skit. So I knew that's what my audience wanted. I rolled that out for a while. Then I transitioned into other things that people wanted to see more of. You know, I would like to see more of this kind of series and less of this. So just understanding, you know, what your audience wants or preparing them for it. It's a big deal. Um, another thing, too, is always keep in mind editing. If you're going to edit your video, it's going to take time. Yes, it took you 30 minutes to film that thing, but how much editing do you want to do? Yeah. You know, do you want to like do a whole bunch of cuts and punch-ins and zoom-outs? Do you want to add lower thirds to it? How much? It's a lot of effort. So all of a sudden you realize that 30-minute video took you five hours to do. 
You know, you had to prepare yourself for it. You had to film it. Then you had to sit down and edit it all. Then render it all. Then upload it. And then do all the SEO. So, And this is someone that's experienced, too. Yes. If you're doing yes. five hours, that's not a starter. Yes. That's, that's someone that's yeah. been going at it for a while. Exactly. Yes. You get people who can be quick. And you get some people that are just like, this is going to take me three days. Oh, yeah. You know, I made this video. Now it's three days. It's, you know, sometimes it's a day of filming and you film the whole day. Then you're in post for two days, depending. If you do sketches you're probably going to be editing and filming and going around to different sets and everything a lot longer than you would if you just did like a first impressions video game video. Because okay. all you're doing is sitting there for 15 minutes or so playing the video game, talking about what you're feeling, what you're experiencing. Do you like it? It's not really over the top editing. Then it's done. Yeah. Versus like, let's go make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. So the best starting point for someone that's just wanting to get into it, um, what's the very first best step of like some Ah, all right. Um, depending on the kind of content, I would always say things like, you know, having a DSLR, pretty big deal. DSLRs, they're like your best friend, right? Yeah. So a nice camera. A higher quality camera. Exactly. Uh, beyond that, it's okay to do a webcam. Okay. It's still okay to do a webcam. There's plenty of Twitch streamers. There's plenty of people who are streaming on YouTube that just rock out a webcam and they shrink it down. And it's a little bitty box in the yep. corner. They put a green screen behind them. Yep. All kinds of stuff. So um, equipment. Making sure you got the equipment to get in there, uh, depending on what you want to make. Other than that, you know, probably sit down on a piece of paper, write out some ideas. Yeah. Try not to go in there blind because, again, you're going to realize I filmed a 30-minute video, and I, this is experience right here. How many times I've edited in my own videos, and I've been like, shut up, Matt. Shut up. <laughs> Quit talking. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Yeah. So it happens. It totally happens. So write those ideas out. Give yourself some kind of boundaries to stay within. And that will help so much. Yeah. Equipment and preparation. There you go. That's great. What cool. are some of the keys, key principles you abide by? As you mm -hmm. network with different um, mm -hmm. creators, like you said, we're networking right now, everyone, as you see, <laughs> this right. is networking. So <laughs> it it's all good. Yeah. yeah. So typically with me for networking, if you have an idea of kind of who someone is beforehand and what they're passionate about, it's a lot easier. So think of it as a collaboration kind of concept. Uh, from when I started YouTube, collaborating was very normal. It was such a normal thing to do, but not in person. Sometimes you would just contact someone on the other side of the planet and say, film your little part and send me that part. Then I'll film my part and we'll go from there. But uh, networking wise is just don't be afraid to communicate. Talk to people, tweet at them, Facebook at them. You never know what they're going to say. Sure. They could be four times bigger than you and you tweet at them and you're like, I love your videos. I've got a great idea. And they're like, that's a good idea. We should do that. I've had YouTubers contact me like that. I've contacted YouTubers like that. You never know. Till, you till never you ask, know. Right. This is very true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Just be, don't be afraid to reach out, mm -hmm. make an attempt, establish a little bit of a relationship there. But like you said, get to know them a little bit beforehand. Mm -hmm. So you appreciate of, them. Yeah. I think that's really it. Like just learn to appreciate them and like that'll resonate with that. Yeah. It's like, wow, I really like the stuff that you make. We should make stuff together. That'll do it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Where should our audience find you if they... Cool. Rock yeah. and roll. Yes. You can find me at... Let's see. Swift Karate Chop is one of my main YouTube channels. Okay. We prioritize kind of tech reviews and gadgets. We worked with people from like Sony to HH Gregg to Best Buy, all kinds of stuff. So cool. all kinds of cool tech on there. Um, beyond that, you can find me at Matthew Brown mm -hmm. or Matthew Brian Brown. Mm -hmm. 
Um, on that channel, I do things where I talk about a couple of like digital media and digital marketing concepts that I've learned over the years just from my failures, things like that. But also beard stuff. You see, yeah. I have a beard. I do lots of beard <laughs> reviews on that channel and just talk about beard oils and shampoos and creams and conditioners and wooden combs and, and everything. And you can just rub it against it a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> um, first off, let's just say this. Uh, for any women watching right now, beard oils, they work for women. Not to grow a beard, but there's things like argan oil and jojoba oil. It's just great for your skin. So oh, wow. I found myself in that situation. They're like, why would I want this? And I'm <laughs> like, because it's good essential oils. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for taking time out, Matt, to You're be here. You're most welcome. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And mm -hmm. we've got a gift here for you. Yes. This is our, our book, From Poop to Gold. I'll take it. Have you seen the Squatty Potty campaign? I have. Okay. I have. Yeah. Oh, I know why I'm here. All right. Yes. I've <laughs> yeah. seen several of your amazing commercials right oh, there and your concepts. Awesome. The Purple Bed, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Like, wonderful. Smart. Well, I really appreciate you. it. Thank you. You guys are watching the right podcast. Let's just say that. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for the endorsement. And thank you guys for watching. Um, make sure to like and subscribe, comment, share, all that good stuff, and we'll see you on the next one.